Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I am Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. We are the editors at reviewingthebrew.com, and we are one week away from opening day. We have made it. We have made it. We are almost there. That means we are so close to opening day rosters, the beginning of the hope of a new season, and a lot of decisions being made in the coming days. And Matt, there's there's a lot of players still left in camp. Uh, there's a lot of moving and shaking uh, that we could be seeing here. Yeah, there sure are. Um, even the last uh, set of cuts, really the only quote-unquote notable ones there were uh, Jake Cousins and Elvis Peguero, who were fighting for a bullpen spot. You know, not in the end, not like overly surprising. Cousins hadn't had a great spring and Peguero had options. Um, but that leaves a ton of guys left that, uh, you know, I think at the beginning of all of this, we would have thought probably would have been around for their couple weeks and then back down to the minors. Uh, but now we've got some interesting names still sticking around. Yeah, we absolutely do. And that bullpen picture is, is always one of the last few to be decided. And the Brewers have arguably five players left for three spots. In that bullpen, they're going to carry an eight-man bullpen. I just, I just don't see them carrying seven. I, I think they're, they're going to end up carrying eight. Adrian Hauser, we know, will be in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Devin Williams, obviously, we know, will be in the bullpen. Uh, you got Matt Bush, Peter Strzelecki, and Hobie Milner. Those, those are your core five guys in that bullpen. And you got your essentially three high-leverage guys with Strzelecki, Bush, and Williams. You got your lefty in Milner, and you have your long man in Adrian Hauser. Mm. So that leaves the three middle relief spots. What's going to happen there? And you've got five guys competing for those three spots. You have Gus Varland, Rule 5 selection. Yoel Piamps, who was acquired in the William Contreras trade. Javi Guerra, who was also acquired in a trade this offseason. Then you have Bryce Wilson, former top 100 prospect uh, with the Braves, who's now bounced around. He's out of options. And you have um, Tyson Miller, who was acquired off waivers from the Rangers. And I say five, but really four, because of that group, Tyson Miller is the only one with options. He has had a great spring. Mm -hmm. He has, Matt. But the other four guys don't have options. Um. Gus Varland has to be carried the whole year or he's sent back. And I I just think with that group, they're going to want to keep as many of those other four as possible. So at least to start the season, I think we're going to have to see Tyson Miller down in triple I. Yeah, I would agree. Um, That still ends up leaving one guy who ends up uh, being, you know, odd man out. Um, And and we knew this was going to kind of be the case. They brought in a ton of guys to look at to, you know, try and shore up that bullpen, which underperformed last year. You know, they were, I want to say by ERA, they were ranked like 16th, 17th or something like that. Like not the level that uh, a Brewers bullpen should be at. So they brought in a bunch of guys and some of them had, had options and some of them didn't. And, um, just to see what would stick. And now we're starting to get close. And some of these guys who don't have options, 
uh, they'll be some of the last ones to uh, that the Brewers will take a look at because, you know, if they don't work, then they got to go. Uh, so I guess in that sense, it's not surprising. Uh, it might just end up being who, you know, pitches their way onto it. And uh, there was one guy, the very first guy you mentioned, um, they've been saying some good things about him lately. Gus Varland. Yes. Yeah. The, the Rule 5 pick got some nasty stuff. Uh, upper 90s velo. He struck out half the batters he's faced mm-hmm. in, in Cactus League play. 30 batters faced 15 Ks. Just one walk. Um, this kid's got stuff, man. He's electric, and I think the Brewers should keep him. I think they want to keep him, and I think they will. Uh, I, I had my latest opening day roster projections go up on Thursday here, and I included Gus Varland uh, in this bullpen. I, I have him making it. You know, the the, the Brewers love velocity out of their bullpen who doesn't uh it's it's a statistic it's a mathematical fact that the harder you throw the lower your opponent's ops the 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 harder it is to hit the harder it is to you know it's it's pretty straightforward so i think they gotta include him i'm putting gus varland in the pen they they correct counsel said he's making it tough on him and for me I don't think it's that it's that tough. I'm keeping him. I'm putting him out there. Yeah, hundred percent. He is currently leading all Brewers in strikeouts. That that's counting starting pitchers. He is leading yeah. all Brewers pitchers in strikeouts uh, this spring with 15. That is a 18.4 strikeout per nine innings, which is a ridiculous rate, by the way. I believe the last uh, time we saw that was was that Devin Williams in his uh, rookie year? He I know I know Josh Hader has gotten in his best seasons has been like 15 16. Yeah. Uh, I, don't I think Devin Williams in 2020 was like 18. Yeah, it's just I mean that's just that's insane uh types of numbers. And and yeah, he's given up a few homers, but um you know, he's kind of getting his feet wet a little bit and it's spring again like at the very beginning of spring training. Guys will come out and they'll work on specific stuff as kind of instructed yeah. by um, the coaches and whatnot. So, you know, sometimes that leads to runs. But, you know, if if they were told, you know what, I want you to go out and I want you to throw all fastballs. Like, that's all I want you to work on. We want to work on your fastball and your fastball placement. And guys get hits and they score runs. But as long as the fastball felt good, then it's a successful outing. Like, you see yep. stuff like that with a lot of the pitchers. It's, it's really what starts to happen towards the middle and afterwards, like as long as you're starting to, you know, get better towards the beginning of the season, then I'm not worried about any of that uh, original stuff. And that's exactly what's happening to Varlin. Like he is really starting to round into form the closer we get to the regular season. So um, I would have him on my roster, too. I think um, he, he's more than earned his spot of some of those, you know, guys who are on the border right now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I saw. I believe it was Adam McKelvey posting a video on on Twitter, friend of the podcast, uh, you know, talking to Varland and, and Varland was, you know, talking with with Chris Hook, the Brewers pitching coach, and um, you know, focusing on tighten, tightening them some things up. Can't speak today. Yeah. Uh, you know, having things coming out of the same tunnel and really getting results out of it. I mean, he he had the game today. I mean, the the stats weren't included in in the article that I wrote because you know that, that went up in the morning. But, you know, he struck out all three guys. 
that that he faced in that first inning, and that was the top of the Padres lineup. Yeah, Padres is one of the best lineups in all of baseball. Three Ks, like it's it's absurd. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he's been working on things and he looks good. And you know I don't know. It's tough for a Rule Five guy in the bullpen, especially with the Brewers, because there's so much up and down. You know he has to stay up the whole year. They can't option him down in May or June um, if he's struggling. If they feel like it, they can't do it. They'd have to send him back to the Dodgers, or they'd have to try to work out a trade or something. But <clears throat> so it's going to it's going to be tough just because you know that that's another guy that's locked in that that you can't option down. And the Brewers don't have a lot of flexibility. With this group, I mean, a lot of their middle relievers, the, their middle relief options, at least to start the year here, they don't really have minor league options. The only guys with options are Devin Williams, who's not going anywhere at all. Yeah. Uh, and then Strezelecki, who also I don't envision going anywhere just mm-hmm. with, with how well he's he's played and how much the Brewers like him. And then Hobie Milner, I believe, who's their only lefty. So there's not really much for optionable options in that bullpen. Right. Um, And that kind of, like you said, leads to some of those last few uh, decisions here. And yeah, as as I'm kind of taking a look, if if I'm sticking to, you know, what I had just said of it'll be who earns their spots, then I would kind of have to agree with you. You had um, the, the, some of those last few spots being between uh, Bryce Wilson, Javi Guerra, and Joel, Joel Piamps. Mm-hmm. And you had Piamps uh, on the outside looking in. And, yeah, I'd have to agree. I know he's only pitched in, what was it, four or five innings? I think I'd, I'd just seen, but then I clicked yeah. away. Four, just a little over four innings. So, you know, small sample size, because um, he plays. Well, that's that's everybody in spring right? training. True, true. Um, was he or was he not on one of the WBC teams? He was. Uh, okay, Panama, I think. Yeah, no, that sounds Gara right. was Panama. Not both of them? I can't remember. No. Anyways. Dominican? Um, so, um. you know, but, but, but again, that's also the case for a lot of the players as well. So, um I don't know, but you, you know, if if you're fighting with a bunch of other guys who also um, have no options, then you need to kind of rise above the other ones. And yeah, he just hasn't had as good a spring as the other two. Javi Guerra, I know he got inflated a little bit after that last outing, which is one of the few that I actually gotten to see this spring. He looked good at the beginning of it and then let things go a little bit and gave up a home run. Um, but his stuff looked good before that and then like you said Bryce Wilson of those three um he's kind of looked the best and um he's kind of got some pedigree that I think the Brewers like so yeah but again it's still a week to um kind of work your way on and put your best stuff forward and who knows like some things could change for what it's worth uh as I pull up fan graphs uh Brewers depth chart and uh they have their projected bullpen and projected team. I will say today they changed their projection and took out Yoel Piamps and put in Gus Farland. Just ah. saying. 
Okay. Just saying they, yeah. they just saying they updated theirs and uh, their bullpen is the exact same as as mine. So just just saying. Fangrass, if uh, you're looking uh, to hire, call me. Uh, <laughs> Some smart guys over at Fangrass. My DMs are open. Uh, so I mean that yeah the bullpen Javi Guerra you know I think as we talked about previously with sending Victor Castaneda over to the Rays. For Guerra, you know, I think it shows that the Brewers feel pretty highly about Guerra, and his stuff is electric. I, I was going back and forth between Guerra and Piams. You know, wh- when I was initially writing it, when it was still a draft, I actually put in Piams first. But then I was I was looking at it, and I'm just like, eh, really? I don't know. But then, I mean, you, you pull up the, the fastball velocity. Your old Piams averages around 94, 95 on the fastball. Javi Guerra, around 98, you know? And with, with the velocity, with, with the sheer electric stuff, I think the Brewers might be willing to take their lumps for a little bit, you know, trying to let Guerra figure it out on the mound and trusting that his 98-mile-an-hour stuff is going to get out more than a guy like Piam. So I put Guerra in there over him. Yeah, I, I think if, if you're looking at you know, past performance, maybe that's where you think like, well, Piamps, he could be a safe play. He's got a career. Piamps has the higher floor for yes. sure. Yeah. Guerra has the higher ceiling. I think so. I, I would totally agree with that. Um, Piamps career 335 ERA, like that's extremely solid. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing sexy there. Like nothing that just blows you away that says like, oh yeah, we've got to have this guy. And uh-huh. when you look at the, kind of the transactions, like you were saying, with how they were acquired, um, you know, they went and got Guerra. Piamps was kind of just that, like, that add-in to the yeah. um, to the Contreras deal. Like, it's Contreras was who they wanted out of that. Right. Me, like, I don't know how they're able to swing getting Piamps in there as well without giving up anything extra, but... Exactly. Right. Like, it was crazy that they got those two pitchers anyway. And of those two pitchers, like, Jaeger's actually the one that kind of intrigues me a little bit, and they had, had some nice things to say about him today, too. Yeah, he has caught the attention of Craig Council, and yeah. he could be someone that the Brewers call upon uh, later in the year. Also among that group, Ryan Middendorf mm-hmm. uh, was also mentioned. He's someone who really kind of rocketed up the system. He was an independent league signing, mm-hmm. uh, really kind of dominated through the through the minor leagues last year. So that's someone who could also come out of nowhere, a lot like Peter Strezelecki and Jake Cousins and Justin Topa over the past couple of years that, that could just end up being some solid big league relief help that no one ever saw coming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, there that you've got tons of those guys every year. So, um, but then go, yeah. And then there's Yoel Piops. Like he's just yeah. kind of there. <laughs> like he's a solid guy to have. And you know what, if he had had a solid spring too, then you're more than comfortable having him be there. And he's, just, you know, he's a innings eater. He's like, for, for all that said though, like at the 335 ERA, his career war on fan graphs is 0.5. So like, yeah. I mean, really he has a low ERA. It's not much. like he's doing anything crazy with it. Also, Pion spring training ERA is like over 10. Yes, it's it like is. 10.38. So, you know, not exactly dominating in spring either. Yeah, uh, to earn a job. So, 
Yeah, if if you if you want your if you want to improve your bullpen, you know, maybe you do take some risks and bring some of the guys who have that like you said that higher ceiling because if they don't work out, you've got a Tyson Miller, you've got an Elvis Pagaro, you've got an Abner Uribe, a Cam Robinson, like you've Jake kind Cousins. of got that next wave there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um if some of these guys don't end up working out. And if and if they don't work out, I I just I find it hard to believe that like two months into the season, you're going to be like, gosh, I really wish we wish we'd kept Yoel Piams. Like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, if, if this is how it ends up happening, you know, he's a guy who kind of just, you know, he came and went, um, you know, so I, I, I think I would agree with what you have the bullpen set at at this point. Yeah, you know, like uh, last year when uh, they kept uh, what's-his-name until three days after the trade deadline and then they DFA'd him? McGee? Yeah, Jake McGee, that guy. Yeah, oh, no, we. I really hope we keep around Jake McGee. Right. Dumped Nelson Lamette. Yep. Genius. No, uh, yeah, not to bring up those old wounds, but uh, yeah. And really kind of of that group, Piops is probably the most likely to pass through waivers and potentially return on minor yeah. league deal or, or accept an outright assignment. Guerra would probably get claimed by somebody. Bryce Wilson probably would get claimed by somebody. Varland, you'd have to ship back to the Dodgers. So, yeah, I, I think Piops is, is, is the odd man out at the moment in the bullpen. And, and you're looking at, Guerra, Wilson, and Barlins uh, for those final three spots. Yeah, and it, as you mentioned that, like that's <clears throat> it, it's just another variable that you have to throw in when it comes to making these sort of rosters decisions. Like it's so easy to just look at the numbers, let right? And and, and I, I I said myself again, like here that like it may it should be to go to who earns it, but you do have to think about those other things, you know. Um, what guys might be able to actually stick with the system if we did end up trying to, you know, uh, place them on waivers. Um, yeah. So that thinking ahead, playing that 3D chess, Matt Arnold there. So yes. that's, that's all kinds of those things are going to go into that decision. So now here's, here's a time for some real 3D chess playing. Let, let's dig into this here. Ooh, the infield. Ah, yes. So there are going to be a lot of moving parts in this infield. It seems like there are more deserving candidates than there are spots. I think you're looking at six infielders maximum, um, you know, with carrying two catchers and carrying four or five outfielders. Because you got Jesse Winker at DH, then probably... Four outfielders, unless you want to go three outfielders plus Winker at DH and seven infielders. Uh, it seems like a lot, but you've got Rowdy Telez. You've got Willie Adamas. you got Luis Arias. Those are your locks, okay? You've got Mike Brasso. He has become Babe Brasso in yeah. spring training. He's pretty much a lock. Brian Anderson, he's a third baseman. He's also kind of an outfielder. Um, but I, for for the purposes of the articles of the opening day roster predictions, I've been putting Anderson in the outfield. But you got Anderson there as well, so that makes it even tougher. So you're going to probably have seven infielders regardless. And then you've got Bryce Terang, 
You've got Owen Miller. You've got Abraham Toro. You've got Keston Hira. And you've got Luke Voigt. And there's only so many spots. And Keston Hira, I think, is out. We've we've talked about this. Luke Voigt, I think, would be in. I, I believe he's in. And then for that final spot, it's probably Owen Miller or Bryce Terang. I think they'd like to have both, but I don't know how you can keep both, especially if you add Luke Voigt. And I just, it, it's so tough to make it fit, but now here's where the 3D chess comes in. The Philadelphia Phillies just lost their first baseman, Reese Hoskins, mm-hmm. for the season. He tore his ACL in a spring training game here on Thursday. They are likely going to be looking for some first base helps. The Brewers have some first basemen. They've got Keston Hira. They've got Luke Voigt. I think, I mean, absolutely, Matt Arnold should be making a call. But who should, be, who should he be making a call about? Mm-hmm. Luke Voigt or Keston Hira? I think it depends on – might depend on what it is you're trying to get out of Philly. Because I, I think based off of what's happened unfolded this spring, you would prefer to deal Keston Hira. Because Voight has looked better. Uh, He's, you know, he's looked better, plain and simple. Um, Kesson Hira's strikeout concerns only get worse and worse and worse every year. They're retooling his swing again. Like, at this point, just go ahead and move on. So, to me, I would think that you would want to deal Hira. But if, you know, they start talking and... What it is that the Brewers want is a little expensive, then maybe it is Voight that you end up dealing. And then, you know, at the very least, you still have Hira, who at times has done some good things for the team. I don't know. Like, it's it, it makes sense to want to deal Hira and keep Voight. But, like, yeah. you know, trade talks are trade talks. Sometimes they turn into other things. Yeah, and really, it takes you to tango. What do the Phillies want? That's That's what I think is more important. Um, in, in my opinion, True. I think it's not, I, I mean, if I'm the Brewers, I am trying to push Keston Hira on them as much as possible yeah. and just get whatever you can for him. I, I think they know he's not worth much. They're, they're not going to get much for him and just try to convince them to take on Hira and try to get something back, whether it's a single a reliever or whatever. But if I'm the Phillies, I'm calling about Luke Voigt. Yeah, I, I'd want him. Luke Voigt is, is a proven starter at the big league level at first base at, at DH. He can hit. He can he can do everything you'd need over there. He could be an everyday guy at first base for them. Keston Hira, probably not. But if if I'm them, I'm calling about Voigt. And then, and then if you're the Brewers, you're sitting there. Luke Voigt's the guy you want. Luke Voigt's been playing well. You signed him. You know, you, you brought him in on the minor league deal. You you want to get the benefits of that and, and put him on the roster. But if another team wants him and is going to trade you for him, you know, first of all, what can you get? Um, it, it should be more than what you could get for Hira, I would assume. But then if you do that, it, let's say the Brewers trade Luke Voigt to the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Then what do you do? Do do you still keep Keston Hero around? Right. Or do you dump him 
Because if you do that, you, you can trade Voight, get something for him, what, whatever it is. I'm, I'm not sure what exactly. You still cut Hira, and Owen Miller can make the roster, and he can be your backup first baseman to Telez, and you can have Miller and Bryce Terang on the roster, along with Brasso. So you can have all three of those guys make the team. You cut Hira, and you get something for Voight, and, I mean, really, that, that's getting something for, I mean, look, Voight cost them essentially nothing. He was, he was a minor league deal that they brought in for, for spring. And they haven't really had to owe him much of anything. He didn't cost much of anything to get. So they could trade him, get something for him, and be in a good spot. And, you know, I, I could see it happening. I'm, I'm trying to convince myself of it. Of it, but also I really want to see Luke Voigt in a Brewer's uniform, you know? Right? He looks like a Brewer. Like he's got that same, he's got that Vogelback headband. Yes, uh, he fits like, the Vogelback, Telez, yeah. uh, Thames model of Brewer's first baseman that, that they love their big, beefy boys, and, and he's another one of them. Yes, 100%. He, he looks like a fit. He needs to be here. But that's what I'm hoping for, too. And and again, like the Brewers aren't going to be the only ones knocking on Philly's door. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of other teams who you know may have some spare first basemen who uh, yeah. have something that the, the Phillies have something that they want. So, you know, the Bru- but, but, but who would be better than Voight out there is my thing. Right. I don't you know? know. Like, yeah. Like I, I saw the I saw the uh, Pirates. Uh, <laughs> fan-sided account, Rumbunter, they tweeted about trading G-Man Choi to, to Philly. Have some first baseman, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's a possibility there. You know, as much as I'd love to push Keston Hira on the Phillies, and I am trying to push Keston Hira on the Phillies, <laughs> I, if I'm thinking as as Dave Dombrowski, I'd want Luke Voigt. If the, if the Brewers call yeah. and they're like, hey, what do you think about Keston Hira? I'd be like, uh, Hira, I thought, I, I want Voigt. Yeah, that, that that would just be me. But yeah, Dave Dombrowski, he's a pretty smart guy. He I think he knows what he's doing a little bit. So, yeah, but but that would if you trade voids to Philly, that would solve the rest of your infield problem. I feel mm-hmm. like because that would allow you to keep <laughs> Miller and Terang, get those guys plenty of A.B.'s. And keep Brasso and, and and keep all your regular guys, and you could still dump Hira because Hira is not worth much of anything. He's not. They're either going to trade him for very little, or they're going to cut him for nothing. And, and teams know that, and the Brewers would have very little leverage in talks. But now with first base being open in Philadelphia, the Brewers have some leverage. But there's a much more tantalizing cookie dangling behind in Luke Voigt. Yeah, of course. Like, if, if I'm Philadelphia, yes, that is 100% what I want as well. Um, but, but you just wonder with what the Brewers have now seen from him, where they want to go this year. You know, is, is he too too much for them to want to give up? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they already have a main first baseman Rowdy Tellez. Like they already have yep. their guy. Like let's let's be honest here. So like yep. it's not like giving up Luke Voigt in a trade is giving up your starting first baseman. Like mm-hmm. let's make that yeah. clear. He's not uh, untouchable. 
Correct. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not trying to go to that point, but it's they've had this whole spring to evaluate him. They like him enough where they asked him to push his opt out. So, you know, um, so it just makes you wonder really how attached they are, not attached to where they just added him to the roster instead of having him push his opt out. We'll say that. Um, But yeah, it's. But the seven days we've got and a lot of stuff that can happen between now and then. And yeah, yeah. it's just it's so interesting to see how these final uh, uh, decisions end up going down. Uh, I will say that for your the only difference I have from your uh, roster projection is I have Owen Miller over Bryce Terang. I don't want over Owen Miller over Bryce Terang because. I, I I was calling mm-hmm. for him to be a September call-up last year. Like, I want to see Terang on that roster. Um, that's just what I predict. I, I think they have been – there's a reason they've been aggressive in working him out in center field lately, too, is mm-hmm. they really are trying to push that flexibility out of him because I think they have plans for him. Just 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 my thoughts on it. But they keep Bryce Terang. I'll, I'll be more – over him, I'll be more than happy. Yeah, and that's that's the tough part too with this group is is where do they go if they have to choose one or the other to start the year between Miller and Terang? I mean, in my previous roster projection, I had Miller making it over Terang, and then I had people complain to me about Terang not making it, about how he's totally going to make it, and and it's ridiculous and and horrible writing that I didn't include Bryce Terang. <laughs> On the roster, it's like it was such a good article. It turned bad because you didn't have Bryce Terang. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then this time, I actually have Bryce Terang in there. And then I get people complaining to me about Owen Miller not being on the roster, and I'm just like, look, people, like one of these guys, it, the way things currently stand, one of these guys is not going to be able to make it. Yeah, just straight up, one one of these guys is not going to be able to make it. But I mean, we're going to find out soon enough. Luke Voigt's opt out is Friday here. This podcast here is posting friday morning so a lot of you are listening to this on friday and some of you may be listening to it after so this will already be determined but luke void has his opt-out on friday here and they're gonna have to, the brewers are gonna have to make a decision and now with this you know opening with the phillies popping up on thursday it gives them a little bit of time here to to try to figure something out and you know, we're going to find out one way or another within 24 hours here that the Brewers have either picked him, picked up Voight's option or they've declined it or they have decided to trade him to Philly or something. But we are going to get some movement on, on the infield group in camp on Friday here because I don't see Voight pushing back his opt-out again. That's <laughs> no. just not going to happen. So we're going to figure it out one way or another. We'll know soon enough whether Voight is staying in Milwaukee or whether he's going someplace else. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope that at the very least, even in the short term, because again, there's another week, like they could add him to the roster and he could still be traded. Um, there's a real easy way to add him to the roster uh, in putting uh, Wilson on the 60 day. So yep. like it, it, they don't even have to do a, a whole lot to make that happen. Um, and yeah. And then a trade could still happen between now and, next Thursday. Um, I, I'm hoping that by the time a lot of people listen to this, uh, that he's already on the roster. And so if that's the case, then 
then yay! Be happy that we're talking about this and you know that Voigt is already a Milwaukee Brewer. Yeah, and that these hypotheticals about him becoming a Philadelphia Philly uh, were unfounded and he didn't end up having to go over there. So that's just really kind of uh, where where things sit right now. The first base situation is definitely in flux. Uh, we're going to find some answers here soon enough. And what happens there will determine what will happen with Owen Miller and Bryce Terang and the rest of the infield group. Because if Voight sticks around and makes it, you're not going to be able to have both Miller and Terang on the roster. If Voight doesn't stick around, there is a path to having both Miller and Terang on the roster. So we'll find out soon enough here. And then the Brewers can make their decisions on the infield and finalize that group. And then the last group to be finalized, the outfield. Yes. The outfield is an interesting situation because you are down to essentially a bunch of non-roster invitees. Uh, you got Sal Freelich, you got Joey Weimer, and you have Tyler Naquin as the only other guys remaining in camp who are competing for a spot. Uh, Blake Perkins was already options. Uh, you know, Sky Bolt, Monty Harrison already sent back down to uh, minor league camp. What's going to happen out there in right field? Well, what's going to happen with that uh, third slash fourth outfielder spot? You got Brian Anderson, who's probably going to be playing a lot out there. You got Mitchell, who's going to be making the club. You got Yelich, uh, who's obviously going to be there. But who's going to be that other outfielder? Uh, you know, it's it's likely not just going to be Yelich, Mitchell, Anderson, and Owen Miller. You know, out there, I don't think you're going to have just. I think you're going to have one more. Who's it going to be? Tyler Naquin, I thought, had a really strong chance at the beginning of camp. He has struggled yeah. in spring training. He has not made a good impression at all. I, I barely even noticed that, that he's been in the lineup. Yeah, um, uh, that's who I would have, I think, sided with for quite a bit here, just because of you know reasons we've talked about before. Naquin's got... Um, that major league experience they you know council seems to like guys that have the experience um he's a lot of that experience has come particularly at right field which is the spot they have the hole um but he's only hit 207 here uh in the spring 10 strikeouts to three walks so that's not super great 10 strikeouts and 29 at bats so that's a yeah, 35 ish percent i'm guessing uh strikeout rate that's not super great OPS of 570, so it's not like he's even, he's got two doubles, that's his extra base hits. Um, yeah, so not super great, and on the other hand, you have Sal Freelich, who has been not only solid in the spring, but at the World Baseball Classic, he showed out for Team Italy. Um, he yeah. had some, I think we talked about him last week, um, he, he had, he had that. A heck of a series, um, had some RBIs, had a steal, scored some runs, batted leadoff for Team Italy. Like, you know, that goes to show you just how much respect they had for him. Um, so he's showed some things, and Naquin hasn't. Um, now, neither of them are on the 40-man roster, so um, a, a move would have to be made Another whichever one. one of those two you went with. Um, but... Yeah, I, I I am less against um, 
Freelick, not against, I would have never been against it. Um, I, I, I'm more optimistic than I was before that he has a chance of actually making the roster. I do think that there is a non-zero chance that the Brewers could say that Owen Miller is their extra outfielder. And there is there is a world that he and Terang both make the roster because of that. It seems like something crazy enough for the Brewers to do. I don't think that's mm-hmm. the direction they go. But again, they have been working him in the outfield quite a bit. But I I, I don't I don't think they and want, have to rely on him as a number four outfielder. Like I don't think it's and, to that point. I, and Bryce Terang. Bryce Terang got a lot of looks in center field last year as well. So they they could justify putting him out there, I guess. Um, but either way, you're you're looking at either Bryce Terang or Sal, or Sal Freelich or both making the opening day roster, in, in my opinion. So you're going to have to have to be starting one of those guys uh, at the beginning of the year. And you know, th- there's the whole concern about service time manipulation, and you know, maybe there's a possibility for that. Um, but also with the incentives in the new CBA um, that, that reward teams with draft picks for prospects that make the opening day roster, that could be remedied. You know, the Brewers may hey be like, hey, look, Self really has the potential to win Rookie of the Year because he does. Like, if he continues to hit like he has, he could very easily win Rookie of the Year. So maybe put him on the opening day roster. You know, I, th- I think that would make a lot of sense. I think he's earned it. I think he's ready. I, I think Terang is ready as well. And, you know, we were also talking for a little bit there about Joey Weimer, whether or not yes. he could make it, because the opening is in right field. And Joey Weimer is the right fielder of the future. Yeah. He has the cannon for an arm. He is the ideal fit out there. Cannon for an arm, huge home run power. It's, it's exactly what you want in a corner outfielder. But I don't think he's quite ready yet. He's he's got a couple of homers in spring, but overall he hasn't quite lit it up. Um, I I'd feel more comfortable going with Freelich. I think he's more ready. But I mean, you could you know have a couple of couple of weaves out there. You know, getting guys playing time. Freelich, Mitchell, Anderson. There's ways to make it work, but I I'm leaning towards Freelich making this roster at, at this point because Naquin hasn't proved it, and Weimer I just don't think is ready yet. Yeah, I, I I agree about Weimer for sure. Um, I, I think they're keeping him. I, it's very interesting that he is still around, that he hasn't been yes. returned to minor league camp yet. Um, that says something. And uh, Council had some words to say about him as well. So, Or was it Council or Arnold on that one? No, I can't remember. Um, but you're right. Like, he's hitting 229 this spring, so he's not exactly lighting it up. He does have those two home runs. Um, he has a few steals. Uh, he's fun to watch on the back base pad. I saw him swipe a bag in one of those games and like catcher never had a chance. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's to get a little bit of an extra look because they know that he's close. Um, but I think he, I also think he ends up back in triple a, um, and maybe he gets a look later this season. Maybe he ends up, uh, absolutely um, call up and add it to the roster. Like, I don't, I, I think that's very very much a good chance of that happening. Um, so then if the choice is really between Naquin or self Freelich, I don't know. Like I know Naquin hasn't been good, but again, he is that veteran presence. Um, I don't here, know. Here's, I don't here's my thing. Good. If the Brewers choose Naquin over Sal Freelich. Yeah. 
they're not serious about putting their best 26 players on the roster. I'm yeah, sorry, but but they're fair. not. I mean, there's no justifiable way, based on what you've seen in spring here, to put Naquin on this roster over Sal Freelink. I know there's there's service time, you know, whatever, and, and you don't want to start that clock too early, but this kid can hit, man. Yep. He can just absolutely rake, and he's he makes the team better. Tyler Naquin, I don't think, makes the team better. He is a replacement-level player Yeah. at best. At best. Yeah. And Freelich is a difference-maker at best. And at worst, I mean, well, you're still going to have a guy that's probably going to be pretty solid. So, the, the, to me... If you put Naquin on this on this roster over Freelich or over Weimer, then you're you're not serious about putting the best 26 players on the roster. Um, even if even if you put Weimer in there over Freelich, um, you know at least there it can be like okay, you know position wise he fits better in right field. Freelich we want to keep in center and the the at bats just aren't there, so just keep him in in AAA, keep him ready. You could you could totally swing that. You could totally justify that. But Naquin, at this point, after what we've seen from him and what we've seen from the prospects, I just don't see Naquin making it. But either way, you have to clear a 40-man roster spot. Yep. Because all those guys are non-roster invites. So that's another one. If you're adding Luke Voigt, you got to clear a spot. And no matter what for the outfield, you got to clear a spot. So Wilson, obviously, we know is going to be going on the 60 day. Who else gets cut? You know, if Varland makes it, he sticks around on a 40 man spot. Like if they return Varland, that could open a 40 man spot. But I think they want to keep him. So where's your next 40 man roster opportunity to to get one? It's Keston Hira. That's true. I mean, that Piomps uh, Gara decision could end up uh, true one as well. Yep. The, yep. There's also Piomps. Yeah. So yeah, there there could be some options out there. Um, yeah, they'll they'll find the space for you know whichever one of the two they add. And I do think yes, I I think you want to have another true outfielder on that squad because like just yep. going in with um, with Mitchell and Yelich, Mitchell, Anderson. I mean, Winker? really, a hybrid. Winker's not going to be playing much outfield. Winker's going to be playing DH basically. So I mean, like. You're two. If you don't have Freelich or Naquin, your t- true outfielders on the team are Yelich and Mitchell. Yeah. Two true outfielders. Like that's. And what if one of them goes down? Like what, yeah. what if one of them gets hurt? And I mean, look, Mitchell can cover a lot of ground, you know. But uh, do we want him covering that much ground? Yeah, that right. might be a little much to ask. But I mean, Yelich has a history of back injuries. Like Mitchell yeah. had a hamstring, you know, pull this spring. I'm I'm sure a yeah. guy who's uh, as blazing fast as him tweaks a hamstring here and there. Um, and he's had you know some injuries here and there in the minors too. So yeah, like they they need another pure outfielder on that roster. So as much as like you know it was fun to say non-zero chance about Owen Miller being an outfielder, quote unquote, that they carry, like. It needs to be one of those um, pure guys like Naquin or uh, Freelich. Yeah, and I think you got to go Freelich at this point. That that's who I've got making the making the roster. the The hit tool is just it, it's it's exactly what the Brewers need. It's what they need in their lineup. 
Yeah. So he improves you defensively. He improves you offensively. Do it. it just do it. Give it. Give it to the kids. I want to see Mitchell. Yeah. I want to see Freelich. I want to see Terang. Uh, I want to see those guys making this club. That that's what I want to see. I, I want to see all three of them on the opening day roster. And just, I mean, they, they've had this video series now that they've been launching, the freshmen, mm. you know, where they're talking to Mitchell and Freelich and Weimer and Terang and and all these guys and. I feel like if they're doing this, they're going to be giving those kids the shot, you know? So yeah, true. I, I, I want to see him put Terang on the roster. I, I think he's earned it at this point. I want to see him put Freelick on the roster. I think he's earned it. Weimer, I, I think probably still has a little bit more to go, but still that's where I think the, the roster currently stands as we sit here on March 23rd. Yeah. Um, it'll be again, a fun final week of, uh, roster battling that's going on for the Brewers here. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see how, uh, all that roster shapes out. Um, yeah, we could have, we could have some, uh, some new, uh, Jersey sales there. Old yes. at, at one brewer way, uh, some, some, some new jerseys out on the shelf. I already got my Garrett Mitchell jersey. I already got go. that one. That, that much is, is for sure. Thanks yeah. to his walk-off hit last year, making that a a necessary reality uh, due to a, a tweet. But uh, it was fun, and I was glad I was able to get it. Nice. So, yeah. Now, speaking of uh, fun moments, did you watch that World Baseball Classic final? My goodness, that was something. I sure it did not turn out in the patriotic way we had all uh, hoped, but Otani versus Trout to ninth inning, two outs, one run game, full count. It is everything you could want in a baseball. I mean, my God, you couldn't you could not script it better. Everyone's like, oh, you couldn't write the script. No, you absolutely could write the script. You could you couldn't write it better. But, like, if I were writing the script of this game, that's exactly how I would want it to set up. Except in my script, Mike Trout would go 450 dead center and <laughs> win it for USA. But, uh, man, that was that was a lot of fun. And Devin Williams, big hold yeah. in the eighth, keeping things alive for Team USA, electric. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I had to watch it through highlights because why wouldn't they bury such an amazing tournament final on FS1 instead of freaking Fox. Ridiculous. Like, come on. And how dare like, they schedule it at the exact same time as the quarterfinals of the NIT when the Wisconsin Badgers are playing. <laughs> Absolutely that ridiculous. That was a good end of the game, too, by the way. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I was glad that, that the WBC ended before the end of the Badger game. Yeah, that's true. If both were at the same time, oh, man, that would have been uh, rough. Uh, uh, but... But yeah, so I unfortunately didn't actually get to watch it. But um, yeah, I was at same as everyone else, like pins and needles. Like this isn't actually going to happen, is it? And then like it was definitely it was very much the office. Oh my god, it's happening meme on all of baseball Twitter. Yep. When they realized that that was how it was going to line up, like 
Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. And it was then, like, lining up. I, it was lining lining up even better for USA until Mookie Betts grounded into a double play. True. That that really kind of uh, took took the wind out of the sails there a little bit. Yeah. Um, but also some Cardinals fans got uh, pretty hashtag mad online uh, at yeah. me for because yeah. uh, I was I was watching the the semifinal game between Japan and Mexico where. Luis Urias of the Milwaukee Brewers mm-hmm. slammed a three-run homer off Roki Sasaki, this 21-year-old phenom that chucks 100 miles an hour. Jeff Passan wrote about him and was hyping him up all day, and Luis Urias takes him yard. And I'm just, oh, this is so great. This is so amazing. And Mexico was about to pull off the stunning upset victory, an upset on par with Fairleigh Dickinson over Purdue. <laughs> and Giovanni Gallegos of the St. Louis Cardinals comes on to close it out for Mexico, and he blows it immediately. Gives up a double to Otani, walks the next guy, and then gives up another double. And next thing you know, Japan has a walk-off victory. And I tweet, oh, mm. just for the proof that the Cardinals ruin everything. And all these Cardinals fans just start going up to me. It's like, hey, well, Cardinals got 50 players in the WBC. And, oh, Rowdy Tellez slammed his bat over here. Like, <laughs> it's not that serious, guys. It's it's what we call a joke. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like you don't think I re- you don't think I've been rooting for Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado for Team USA like the the entire tournament here like duh like like I know what's going on here and I find it just as odd as everyone else being happy with a Paul Goldschmidt base hit yeah. but and and then and then of course you know like in some of the big moments then like Paul Goldschmidt grounds into a double play it's like oh now he does. Now he grounds into a double play. He doesn't do that against us, but, you know, he does it here. When I actually want him to get a hit. The Cardinals ruin everything. Yes. Hey, how many Cubs were there in the WBC? I know there were a lot of former Cubs. Kyle Schwarber, Javi Baez. I wonder if there were like some minor leaguers that just I'm unaware of, but like I'm trying to think of, and now granted, like I'm trying to remember who's actually even on the Cubs these days. Uh, I don't even think they know. (laughs) All I can think of is Patrick Wisdom and Morrell. Kyle Hendricks is still there, I think. Kyle Hendricks is still there, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's some other guys there too. Uh, Frankie Schwindel, he's still over there. Is he? Is he still there? I don't even know. I think so. Oh, Cubs. <laughs> Cody oh, Bellinger's yeah, there yeah. now. They got Dan. What's that? Cody Bellinger's there now. And Swanson, right? Yes, and and Dansby Swanson. Yeah. yeah. Neither of which were in WBC. Sorry, guys. Nope. Hmm. Not well represented. Oh well. Yes, the Cardinals and Cubs ruin everything. It, moral of the story, they ruin everything, and they make yep. life worse. The end. Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay, Um. let's see. What else has been going on in the world of Brewers baseball here? Uh, there was a wonderful uh, piece in The Athletic uh, about Jackson Churio diving oh, yeah. into uh, all of his success um, and, and his growth as a prospect. 
And man, it is making me so hyped for Jackson Sherman. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're talking to Brenton Del Cairo. Um, you know, coming soon to Milwaukee, the Churio show. Um, and they're talking like some, like there, there's some crazy stuff in here. Like for example, they're talking bat speed, right? And the average major league bat speed is between 81 to 83 miles an hour. You know, mm. just swinging the bat through the zone. Jackson Churio's average bat speed is 85. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Being able to swing the bat that fast. And, like, he's able to catch up to 100 miles an hour. Like, he, he wants to face 100-mile-an-hour pitching prospects and just immediate first pitch laces it in the left field for a base hit. Like, what? The things that he's doing is just absolutely ridiculous. And, God, I just can't wait for this dude. And he could start the year in double-A with, with our – with our good friend Garrett Green down there in Biloxi, yeah, uh, who I know, I know he is most definitely excited to see the Churio show uh, come to Biloxi. He got there for a week last year, seemed a little overmatched, you know, a little, a lot of gas at the end, but kid can play, man. And if you're not going to extend Corbin Burns or Willie Adamas or Brandon Woodruff, you damn well better sign Jackson Churio. Absolutely, that. That story, which, by the way, the athletic is it is so worth it for the and they they constantly have that one dollar a month deal going and you get that for like a year. Like just it, it's worth it, even at its regular price. It totally worth ponying up for if only they had a Brewers right uh, beat writer. But, you know, yeah, that's besides the point um, is a really cool story to um hear about like like insights into his approach at the plate and just like his mindset and like just you 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 really get a glimpse as to like how an 18 year old can be so mature at the plates at a level that like you know guys his age are only thinking about playing at at that point and then I thought it was really cool to hear about the Brewers knowing that they had something special in him and trying to kind of just hold him a little bit. They talk about how last year they held him at advanced spring training for a while because they wanted to just, like, make sure that he was in that right mindset first before jumping into affiliated Adjusted ball. Adjusted to being in the States, yeah. Yeah. And so, before he gets like, sent out to the world on his own. Right. So they were being very deliberate as to their decisions with him um, when it came to, you know, when they were letting him go to certain levels. And it got to the point where they just couldn't they couldn't hold him back anymore because he's just so incredible. Um, But they're, they're playing it smart with him and I'm glad they are, but he's just, he's just forcing their hand because of how amazing the dude is. It was, it was fun to, to hear the stories about how uh, Joe Iralt, the Brewers manager in high Wisconsin was, was receiving calls from Carolina Lake coaches being like, Hey, can you guys uh, promote him up there uh, out of our league? Uh, you know, and, and he's calling me like, Hey, so uh, when can I get Churio up here? And, you know, they're all trying to promote him up and, and make some yeah. calls. It, it just sounded super fun. So yeah, I am, I am excited for the Churio show once again. And if he dominates like he did last year, man, we could see him by the end of the year in Milwaukee. We, we really could, um, yeah. but don't want to put the cart before the horse. So we we will see where that goes. One final thing that, that I think we got to note here on the podcast: Corbin Burns has switched his representation, and he is now a Scott Boris client. Well, you know, if 
if I didn't already lose all hope of an extension, I would have lost it now, but I already lost it back at the arbitration hearing. So this to me, it it changes nothing. He's gone regardless, which pains me so much to say, but he's out there to get the bag and he's going to get the bag. And Scott Boris is, proven that he can get his clients the money um and really i mean i don't blame burns at all for this because his agency his previous agency caa they fumbled the bag because how in the world did they lose that arbitration hearing right like it's not even just like the bitterness of it and going to arbitration and the brewers bad mouthing him and all that bad stuff that that happened in there but the fact that his agents were not able to come up with a competent enough response to the Brewers put laying any sort of blame on Burns for missing the playoffs, that they weren't able to be like, um, excuse me, what in the world are you talking about? And the, the fact that they still over over still a small sum of money and a reasonable amount that Burns was asking for, that they weren't able to win that case. I'd fire him, too. If yeah. I was Burns. I mean, he's he's. He's got to be sitting there thinking these guys couldn't get me the extra 700k that I totally deserved. When it comes to free agency, how can I trust that they're going to get me the best deal? So I'm going to go to Scott Boris. Scott Boris can get guys the best deal, and that's where he'll go. And it come 2025, he's not going to be in a Brewers uniform. No, uh, he's going to be. Whatever uniform he's in, he's going to be wearing it while swimming in a Scrooge McDuck-style silo yeah. of dollar bills. He's wearing it with a fat-ass wallet. Yep. Yeah, he is going to get paid. Yep. Probably somewhere on the East Coast or the West Coast. Yeah, he's from California. He's got a home in Arizona, so potentially West Coast. Um, but it is... Far too early to be thinking about potential destinations um, for Corbin Burns because I just I can't I can't get my head there yet. Um, I, I, I still have to process the fact that he's not going to be sticking around and that the Brewers won't pay the best pitcher they have had in their 50 plus years as a franchise. Um, it, it, it's too much, but that that is the news that we have to share. Corbin Burns is now a Scott Boris client. I mean, the Brewers have, they've done deals with Boris clients in the yeah. past, not extensions necessarily, but I mean, they brought in Yasmani Grandal, uh, Mike Moustakis. Those guys are, are Boris clients. Uh, Gary Mitchell is a Boris client. So it's possible. Yeah. You know, it, it's as possible as it was before. I'll put it that <laughs> yeah. way. You know, going to Boris doesn't necessarily mean that now he's leaving. He was already leaving before. <laughs> just straight up, I'm sorry, but he was. It, mean, just it, it changes he, absolutely nothing. Yeah, it means he's going to make more money wherever he goes. Yes. It, 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 the odds of Burns staying have gone from zero to zero. It, it's yeah. still the same thing. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, very sad. All right, well, that will about do it for us. Um, by the time we uh, get talking again, it's going to be opening day 
we will have the season. The season is finally upon us. We will have answers to all the roster issues and uh, potential situations and hypotheticals. We'll know what happens with Luke Voigt. Soon enough, we'll know what happens with Keston Hira. Soon enough, we'll know what happens with the outfield, with Bryce Terang, with Owen Miller, with the bullpen, Gus Varland, Yoel Piamps, everybody. We'll know about that soon enough. Uh, thank you for listening. Be sure to check out ReviewingTheBrew.com, as always, for updated content. And coming up this weekend, my bold predictions. Oh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of a tease. Rowdy Telez. Oh. All right. Nice. There it is. There's your tease. All right. Thank you for listening. This has been the Cold Brew Podcast.